This is a Hot Pie Media original. Hi, I'm Deb, and this is my podcast. You're listening to the Deb O'Keefe Podcast. The podcast where Deb O'Keefe doesn't know anything. Do you ever really want that home-cooked food? Stuff like your mum would make or that you would make if you had the time or the the ability? I know I don't. Well, that's why I go to Festive Kitchen. Festivekitchen.com slash Deb. That gets you 20% off your first order. They are amazing. It's all unprocessed, handmade food. You can recognize the food as you look at it. It's not like some mushed up weird ingredients that came out of a machine. These are chef prepared and you order them to your home. They'll come in in, in a great box that's uh, well protected and insulated and dry ice. And you can cook the food that you love, that you miss, maybe that your mom used to make. Beef lasagna, chicken pot pie, chicken enchiladas, mac and cheese. They even send you cookie dough balls you can cook fresh cookies in your house and you don't have to make them there's no miss festivekitchen.com slash deb get your first order today 20 percent off festivekitchen.com slash deb on the podcast today we've got an amazing guest coming up if you love movies animated movies voiceovers nickelodeon shows uh you're gonna you're gonna love my guests so stick around for that but um i walked in uh to the studio a little while ago just to get set up and make some notes and do my things and drink some water i actually had some peanut butter and cheese crackers over here. You don't need to know about that. It's fine. I was hungry. And um, I was, uh, the producer here, Colton, uh, asked me if I had a nice week and weekend and stuff since I'd last seen him. And I had to think for a minute because, I don't know, COVID, I just can't think of, nothing is still right yet. But uh, I remembered that the highlight of my weekend was going to my friend's uh, baseball game, my friend's kid's baseball game. He's eight and um, they're starting to get good. So it's fun to watch. Um, And I was actually. I was actually watching a movie with the other kid, the other son on my lap. He didn't want to watch the game. So I was kind of doing both, but it was really nice to see my friend's uh, sons always and watching them play baseball is fun too. And then uh, I was telling our producer Colton that I, uh, I, we didn't have baseball growing up. I mean, I'm sure it was existing. It was going on, just not in my country. And it certainly wasn't shown on the television. No, not in England, but um, we did play a game called rounders I think we just basically looked up the rules of softball or baseball and then forgot them and then wrote a game because it was two teams fielding, hitting. You had a pitcher and a backstop, as we called them. And I still continue to call them in baseball and softball now, even though that's very incorrect. Um, And then, you know, you'd hit the ball and run around the thing. It's like a stick. It wasn't a big baseball bat, but it was wooden. And uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm a fast runner. I was good around the bases if I got on the base because I'm actually not very good at all. But when I moved to the States and I was uh, working at my first radio job, we had a company softball team. And I thought, well, this is, I'm going to do it. So I did. And I'm not even sure if I ever once in like the four years I was on the team, did I ever get a hit? It, I was uh, pretty tragic, but not my fault. Never had any coaching, never had any experience. I'm just watching baseball, playing rounders. I was understandably shy, but I went on to another company where I didn't play for that company softball uh, team. Did we have one? We did have one, but we actually set up a league softball tournament and my team, Team Deb, played against my old partner's team, Team Jason. And we actually even played at the Ramrock Express field a few times. Yeah, had a whole tournament. It was, it was amazing. But did I ever get any hits? <laughs> did, I, did I ever get any runs? I 
you know what? I definitely got hits and on bases. I'm not sure if I ever in my whole life career have uh, any type of a, of a, a run being, yeah, from myself or someone else batting me in. And I'm probably really, really, really messing up all of these baseball and softball terms, aren't I? So I'm sorry if you're cringing. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and look round us up. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and I'm talking to all of you out there because this this young man I'm about to talk about appeals to a wide audience, very wide audience. And I think is about to appeal maybe to some others as well, because this guy's it's done everything, all right? He's an actor, he's a producer, he's a director, writer, singer, composer, philanthropist. We're getting into that in the interview. And it is Primetime Rush star Stephen Kramer Glickman. Did I, get, did I get any of that? Yeah. Right? There's, I bet you there's 20 things I could add to your bio that people don't know about that you've done along the way. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the main the thing that I'm mostly known for is uh, for being on uh, this show on Nickelodeon that was called Big Time Rush. It was a boy band show. And I played the manager of the boy band for five years on the uh, on Nick. So that kind of kind of kicked off my uh, my whole uh, thing in a lot of ways, you know. It, it kicked it off for uh, for the for us for us people who didn't know what you're doing. But you've 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 been working for years. You're you're a creator. You're a performer. You've you, you like the, your your resume that I read through is it's super impressive. And like I said, I know that there's so much more. But this the big time rush is what you put put you on the map and. I, you know, I'm older, so you know I didn't see it. I know of it, but I I asked some of the kids. I asked some of the kids around the building. Yeah, you're a big deal, dude. Old, oh, stop! Old now. people like me, we don't know. Maybe we need to go back and and look into some of this. Well, you know, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it, I guess it was the uh, the highest rated premiere in the history of the Nickelodeon network when it came on TV in 2009. Uh, no, God, we got a, um, a 14.9 in the ratings, which is wow. like super bold numbers uh, for Nickelodeon. It's, it's like unheard of. And um, it, it mostly is because we had uh, four very talented guys on a show uh, singing and singing and oh. dancing and being funny. And, um, we, we also were insanely, insanely lucky because the writing staff on our show, um, they've all gone off to, you know, write huge, gigantic, amazing, insane, crazy things like, um, Jessica Gao left our show to go write the show, Rick and Morty. Oh. And she's currently writing uh, She-Hulk for Marvel. Wow! And um, um, you know, uh, most most of the most of our writing staff—they've all gone off to go write stuff and win Emmys and be amazing. And we, you know, we just got really lucky. I got super, super, super lucky being uh, attached to that that uh, you know rocket ship. Basically, right. so it was cool. Do you do does Nickelodeon? Now I didn't grow up in Nickelodeon. We didn't have it when I was a kid in England. But are these the type of shows that would would go on and have a, like a one off spin off movie where you guys all come back and catch up? Is that is that ever in the works? Are you guys talking about something like that? 
they they do stuff like that. Uh, Nickelodeon does stuff like that every once in a while. I don't know if um, if it's in the cards for us. I mean, it it definitely seems more possible now than it did before um, because Netflix bought the show and put it up, mm-hmm. and then it was like number one streaming for like five weeks, and that was great. And then uh, the band uh, from the show they would do live performances back in the day and they are reuniting in Chicago and New York city in December. And I will be there in, in New York to go watch them reunite. So well, and manage them, of course. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, the confusion, <laughs> the confusion from kids over the last 10 years of like, Wait, so you wrote the songs and you managed the band? And I'll be like, I am an actor. And this is what happens when you're this good. Uh, yeah, that's wonderful. You, you, you just, you, people just believe it, which yeah. is hilarious. Oh, that's the best thing about kids. They're dumb. You can tell them anything. Oh, God bless, bless them. them. No, I mean uh, that, of course, bless them. But, you know, just with youth comes dumbness and they don't know yet. Hey man, I've had so many kids leave CDs on my car over the years, just like, you know, asking me to represent them or produce their (laughs) bands. And then you're like, it's not, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if that was in there somewhere, like tucked away in your resume that you had at one time done something like that. Um, Talking about the show, um, I was wondering, because I, I, I wanted to look up your IMDb page. That's I, I do that with everyone. I do this probably if I'm watching a new movie or TV show. If I if I could get the, the analytics from my phone, I'd probably check IMDb 10 times during a movie or a show that I've just started watching. Oh, I, I'm right there with you. I was you? doing it last night. Oh, I, yeah. I thought that was this weird thing that I did because if I, I mean, obviously it helps if you recognize somebody and you don't know their name. Um, but even if I know who somebody is, in a show I got finished recently watching um it wasn't great but I really enjoyed it lock and key great show yeah great show I don't I loved it so much I had a friend come over while I was watching it and he goes this is officially the worst crap I've ever seen you watch on television I'm like well I'm enjoying it so shoo but I went down so many wormholes with that show um I just love IMDb I love that we can do that I love that we can find out things about people you know and and to go oh well I'm gonna watch that I'm gonna bookmark that film I'm gonna find out where I can watch it yeah, because I mean, when when we were growing up, uh-uh. that didn't exist. Either you <laughs> knew things about the cast, or you didn't know things. And the information, it was like if you had Starlog magazine or uh, Entertainment Weekly, you know, you could learn things mm-hmm. after a show was out or a movie was out. But it's like now, you know, you like, you know, you can really deep dive into your favorite stuff. Like, um, I'm super obsessed with this show, Dope Sick, that's on. The uh, Michael Keaton one, yeah, the Hulu yeah, show. Yeah, I um, oh it's on the list. It's on the list. It's coming. It's yeah, it just came out a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. The acting is like through the roof. I mean, just phenomenal. Peter Skarsgård is oh, yeah. is just so damn good. Every everyone's so good. But um, I was just in Ohio and I was watching TV in the middle of the night and. Uh, the only thing that was on was the Tim Allen television sitcom that he does now. Oh, the new uh, one, mm. the new one. Mm. And I was like, this is God awful. <laughs> and I'm watching it just going, oh, this is terrible. And the daughter 
one of the donors on the show, I'm like, wait a second. Is that the girl from Dope Sick? And oh. I then went over to Dope Sick on IMDb and I'm like, it's the same girl. And she just like. That's a it's switch. Like the, the difference between watching her on like a well-crafted, beautifully written piece of drama <laughs> or a very silly, silly sitcom is like, it's just mind blowing. That's, you know, that's some amazing. good range there. She's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. not being typecast. Well, I, I was on there earlier. Actually, I was on there earlier today for other reasons, but I was on there earlier because I wanted to see your IMDb page. And my friends and I play a game. We call it the IMDb game. When we talk about an actor, or actress or director, we have to guess the top three because uh, that's what's always featured on IMDb. Well, there's always a fourth, uh, but we play it with the top three. And it's always fun to ask people who have IMDb pages if they know their top three because sometimes they can change. There's algorithms. I believe you can go in and adjust it if you want to, um, if you're accredited. So you want to play? Yeah, please. Do you know? My top three? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Big Time Rush, right? Number one. Number one is okay. Big Time Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm, two... you got to go, give me all three before I give you points. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, number two is Storks. Okay. All right. Um, I think number three is either. Oh, man. Workaholics or Monster Hunter? All right. Are you ready? You did really well. You did really, really well. Slightly wrong order. Number one on your IMDb page, Stephen Kramer Glickman, is Storks. And number two is Big Time Rush. And number three is Monster Hunter. So well done, sir. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay, You pleased with the top four? What's what's my number four? Number four is Shrek the Musical. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so weird. And today my podcast is brought to you by the wonderful folks at Early Bird. I just actually uh, telling all you radio listeners, your ear listeners, not your eye listeners about this packaging here. It's, it's awesome. These are the, just the four packs that I always got one of these with me. And um, it's not just CBD, it's THC as well, guys. And so it just makes you feel great without feeling lit. You're not going to feel super high on these things. If you're like me and you don't really like that weed high, this I feel good about. I tell my mum about this, guys, because I, I don't feel like it's anything bad. It's all natural. It's local. And you can get 20% off your first order right now. Earlybirdcbd.com slash Deb. That's earlybirdcbd.com slash Deb. All right. If you, oh, had to, if you had to rate your favorites out of those four in order, and it could be based on your preference, whether you enjoyed the, the, your performance in it, you enjoyed watching it. You enjoy just working with those people, or it's the one you hate watching yourself in the least. Oh sure, uh, Storks. Storks, because you're not Storks. in it. Yeah, it's got to be. My fa- st- it's my favorite. It's my favorite uh, thing I've gotten to be a part of. Um, Great I cast. Mean, Great cast on that film. So cool. I mean, like the cast was incredible, but the like the production team on that. I mean. I got to work with Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did Lego Movie and uh, Spy- Into the Spider-Verse. And then Doug Sweetland and Nick Stoller were our directors. And Nick did um, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and getting get him to the Greek. And, wow, wow, uh, wow, wow. Doug, Doug Sweetland was nominated for an Academy Award for, um, for Presto. And he's a brilliant... I mean, he's like... 
you watch that Pixar documentary about the history of Pixar, he's in every scene of the movie, he's always there. You've worked with he, like animation royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every single Brad Lewis um, won the Academy Award for Ratatouille. He was a producer on it. He was there with us all the time. And uh, John Venzen, our editor, did South Park Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Wow. And like also every single person that worked on it was like, I the, the reason I loved it is because on Big Time Rush, I was like the big dog, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on the show. Um, I had just had some really big life experience uh, right before it working on Shrek. So I hadn't, you know, I came in with like a little, a little bit of something, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and everybody on the, in the cast was like super nice and super great, but most everyone was pretty new. And this was like their, either their first thing or they had been in a couple of small things beforehand. So I felt like, you know, kind of like, I was, you know, even either like the big dog on campus or I was one of the one of the big people on, you know, on yeah, the show. one of the pack. Not the same with Storks. Storks, I was like the fly on the wall, <laughs> like that was like so excited to be there that I was like nervous and sweaty and panicky all the time. And everybody else was like, Glickman, like relax, you're good. And I'd be like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fired at any there's there's gonna be a dam and a walk in, they're gonna say goodbye. And um, it almost happened. They, oh. they almost they almost uh, replaced me with a much more famous person. Wow, get um, out! But you kept the job. They, you kept. They it. fought. Uh, the The producers fought really hard, and and um, and like fought against the studio, and and the studio uh, agreed, you know, to keep me on. And, and I, uh, I was just. Was I was going to ask life you. Life changing was those experiences with those actors. I was there were two questions about this. I was I going to ask you who the studio was. Because I kind of want to throw him under the bus and say that I don't think they did a very good job with marketing this movie. I'd never heard of it. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is, if I'm going to watch animated films, your know, kids' films, because I have, uh, I was just watching the, the Penguins of Madagascar the other day. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. I was watching it with my friend who's six, my fr- best friend's son. So I frequently am looking for great movies that these kids can watch that are not always watching the same ones that drive their parents nuts. This is, this has not been on my radar. And that's, that's a sin. There's there's a uh, there's a couple reasons for that. Um, reason number one is um, a, a in the animated world, making an animated movie where all the characters are original. It's an original storyline, and it's not based on any IP. Mm, is it's hard to make traction. Almost almost never happens. Mm. Like. There is a there are very, very few of them that get done. Disney does it, but other animation studios really don't take chances with a with brand new characters. I mean, you know, there's been like what five how to train your dragons, you know, oh, I've watched four, all of those. <laughs> I mean, they're all amazing. Yeah. Uh, but with but with Storks, it was you know, came, you know, it was original screenplay, original characters, you know, not based on anything. Uh, number one. And then number two, um, it was, you know, the studio was a little unsure of it, of themselves, I think, with the project. I think they were like, 
you know, I think they were a little weird about it because uh, they were trying to, f- there was, there was our movie and there was, this was Warner Brothers. So mm-hmm. Warner Brothers had just had Lego movie and it was like a gigantic fucking monster hit. So then they're sitting around, you know, and they have two movies. They have ours and they have another movie called Smallfoot. Uh, both animated. Right. Uh, I remember features. seeing Smallfoot. I didn't watch it, but I remember seeing advertising for Smallfoot. Well, so they were developing both at the exact same time. And um, halfway, I think a year into or two years into development, they were like, okay, shut down Smallfoot. And they put everyone in the animation department on huh. Stork. And then Storks went on to make a hundred uh, around 185 million in the box office um it was made for about 72 million which is not bad but also not like a big enough hit for it to like garner a sequel like it it probably would have had to make around 300 million to to get a sequel that's so not, i feel like you know, 180 million nowadays in this climate with theater is a success in a, in a theatrical release it's it's almost like a comedy of errors was happening around the timing and other projects which i suppose that's that's life but it yeah, sucks for that it, project it's also a tricky subject because uh babies um <laughs> Uh, but, you know, babies are, you know, like how babies are made. That means then you have to explain to your kids. Oh, there's a lot of that, you know, oh, you have to explain to your kids how babies are made if you go see storks. Uh, and also the movie starred a lot of birds and birds are not the cuddliest mm. creatures in the world. A lot of, you know, aside from maybe Tweety Bird, there's very few famous, um, well-beloved squishy cuddly birds it's very true uh, very true. you know penguins yeah. penguins uh but mm-hmm. but again penguins of madagascar was from uh the movie madagascar so right. you know you kind of it's a tr- it's a it's a it's a tricky thing making animation but i had a fucking amazing experience and i got to work um with kelsey Grammer one-on-one and andy samberg one-on-one and um uh got to hang with Jennifer Aniston and wow. I mean, my God, holy baby Jesus. <laughs> and I got to sing in the movie. Oh. I mean, that's, uh, so that's number oh. number one. And I can see why there's so many lovely things that went into that for you. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm not an actor, but I've been in, you know, media radio for 20 years. I'm, I would love to just do the voice thing, you know, and not ever have to worry about the face thing. It's, it, and I'm sure a lot of actors feel that way. Your face is 25 foot, on the big screen, you can scrutinize everything about yourself. I I don't have a problem. Like um, personally, when it comes to watching myself on screen, I'm a big ham and I always have been. And I don't really, I don't really mind, you know, rewatching old episodes of my show oh, or, great. you know, you know, all that kind of stuff seems like fun and silly to me. And, and I love Hollywood. Like I'm a super obsessed nerdy about everything here. And so I just kind of, you know, like oh, the voiceover stuff, the best part about that is that you can just become, you know, mm. weird people and weird characters and creatures and not have to worry about that. 
they're seeing this. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's all inside. Uh, in, the movie, in, in the movie, I, I played um, a pigeon who, who talks like this the whole time. My house is like really like <laughs> stupid, kind of like dumb, weird, like surfer cowboy sort of, but also <laughs> like. And I was like, he was just like, Kansas, I'm very well, mostly it's all bot walls. And then I also got to play the polar bear in the movie, oh, which wow. is so, a couple lines. Uh, and he, he like, he talked like this. He was like a big, like tough, like New Yorker, like guy. And then um, I was the rabbit who had one line, which uh, I just did a Tracy Morgan impression for it. Oh, that's great. And, uh, Come on, you yeah, he, give us the rabbit. He had one line, which was like, uh, that dude's crazy. So that, was it. <laughs> that, was it. that is a really good Tracy Lawrence. I'll have fun. Right. I just can imagine your, your, your inner child is coming out. Your, you know, amateur all theater performer. That, yeah. Yeah. Like all the stuff that makes you like, you know, a big dork where people are like, oh my God, just, just <laughs> shut up. God, <laughs> like all that stuff. You guys are just do all of it. Yeah. You know? All the stuff your friends have seen and heard. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's awesome. Now that summer is over, I know for a lot of you, you're uh, in winter right now, but I live in Texas, so we have lots of sun all year round. Um, But what's great about this time of year is that's when I start really, really investing in time and taking care of my skin. And in fact, the folks over at Refine Aesthetics, they tell me the same thing too. They're like, this is laser season. You're not in the sun so much. If you're worried about fine lines, uh, wrinkles, uh, hyperpigmentation, that's what I have on my skin. These uh, lasers that they have at Refine Aesthetics are incredible and they can really help you with with uh, so many different skin issues that you suffer throughout the summer, but you don't want to deal with in the summer when you're out under the sun. This is not just an aesthetic spa. This is a premier boutique med spa. We've got physician's assistants owning and running this place. They're basically doctors. So you know you're in safe hands. They've got great products, great services. I had the BBL laser, which is amazing. Uh, You call them today, of course, or find all the information online at refineaesthetics.com. Get 15% off your first treatment refineaesthetics.com mention the Debo Keith podcast I had a I had a comedian Doug Benson on my show uh, I love him isn't he wonderful a couple months ago another huge movie buff we developed a game that he actually plays uh, when he does his live shows and um, we let him steal our game and that's fine because we stole his but um, we were chatting the other week and uh, he was telling me that he has a theory about Jennifer Aniston and I'm not trying to like start a war with you, Jennifer Aniston, but get at me if you want to, that'd be a real fun thing to do. Um, Doug, and I don't know how Jennifer Aniston came up, but you've worked with her. You've hung out with her. Maybe you can tell me if this is true. Doug Benson is, is convinced that Jennifer Aniston's got something wrong with her ears because he says when she does interviews and she acts, She'll just, um, she'll, she'll take the hair that's sort of near her face. I'm I'm doing an example for you right now. And she'll kind of like move it like she's going to sweep it behind her ear, but then she never does. She just goes, move, let go. And I thought about it when he said that. He's right. He's absolutely right. Oh. So he's, he's just, and I'm, so I'm asking for Doug Benson. Does she? Yeah. Have, and he thought maybe it's because she's had plastic surgery and her ears are all weird or old or something. And I'm like, well, maybe she's just insecure. I feel like I have weird ears and I hate my hair being tucked behind my ears. My mum, when I was a kid, would constantly tuck behind, tuck behind the ear and I'd be like, get off that bloody thing. So maybe that's Jennifer Aniston too. But 
what what's the juice? Uh, I mean, as far as I could tell, her ears were normal ears. But that being <laughs> said, um, you know, did you see uh, them? I did not. I didn't get. I wasn't like up up on the ears, so I don't know a hundred percent. I do like. I mean, she has like things. She has like mannerisms. She does. Yeah, like, she has some like weird mannerisms um, that kind of make her you know, make that make her Jennifer Aniston, mm. which is kind of, yeah, it's kind of a, a crazy, she's, uh, she's so famous um, that it's, it's kind of a, a, a bit shocking how famous a person <laughs> she is. Right. Like, like she showed up to our premiere and I think she kind of sort of, let people I want to say she she may have let people believe she was pregnant <laughs> at the premiere <laughs> of our movie about babies. She may oh. have like oh she may have either said something or or done something to let people think that it was possible wow. and not correct it until I after the movie that. was out. Yeah. Uh, she and that because literally the press was I've been to a lot of fucking premieres in my life <laughs> and been to a lot of animated movie premieres. The the press is never like that. It was really? never like Time magazine and fucking Newsweek and CNN and ABC and Fox I, cameras just film cameras as far as the eye can see. And then another just massive wall is just because she was there the only other time i've ever seen that uh happen and i hate to bring it up this way but uh kung fu panda premiere was angelina jolie and brad pitt and jack black were at the same one that's and almost was, that's too much fame in one place that's it's too much famous people it's too much famous people like i think we've kind of hit a point in movies these days where like you can have one of those people in a movie like you look at Eternals that's out right now, the entire cast is like good actors. And then it's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> it's not Angelina Jolie and Leonardo DiCaprio in the same fucking thing. I, don't, I think they may have stopped. <laughs> I don't know what movie stopped that from happening, but I haven't seen a movie in a while where the two leads are mega giant I mean, look at Tom Hanks. He's in a movie right now for Apple TV. <laughs> With He's his the dog. only person in the movie. Yeah. There's no other people in the movie. It's That's how to shine. Him. It's just him, a CGI robot and a dog that also might be CGI, but I don't know. I think he's uh, real. I think he's real, but I think that might CGI some stuff. Yeah. I mean, the dog looks really good. I don't know. Yeah. They're amazing. I think, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. I think. Have you watched the morning show with, uh, with her, Jennifer? And I was going to bring that up. That again, almost too much fame in one place. You, you, it's like uh, being in the sky with the shining night stars and you, there's too many of them. You can't take it all in. Yeah. You're like, how am I? I <laughs> just Steve Carell alone. I will watch something over, but then to have Steve Carell and Jennifer and Reese, you're like, Oh my God, I don't even know where to look. I'm just, 
Yeah, I'm. I love that show. It's I, amazing. I really loved it too, and I haven't caught up on season two yet, so uh, don't spoil anything for me. But it, I would have to say, one of my favorite things about it is. Um, well, I could relate very much to a two-person hosting team like that, but sure. also um, uh, what I loved about it was how what a evil, awful, just reprehensible person Steve Carell is in in that show, and yet managed to pull the wool over all these people's eyes for years. It was just very timely, and the departure for him being the lovable, affable guy. And I know he's done a lot of serious things since, but this for that for such a, a famous actor to take on being such a creep, raper, pervert, molester, assaulter was, and Martin Short too. That scene where they're, oh. co- that scene, <laughs> that was I, incredible. If I'd had a hat on, I would have taken it off for those dudes because to, for those high profile guys to play those low life, disgusting, reprehensible men was, uh, that's a, as a bold move. Yeah. It starts to get a little season two starts there's there's a lot there's a lot of amazing stuff that's happening putting it on the list why have i why did i watch lock and key when i could have watched the morning show what are you doing (laughs) all right that that guy who told me i was an idiot he was right on that too i should have been watching morning show um what else what else is on your uh your watch list like what are you what are you super have you seen eternals yet is that are you in the into the marvel Uh, universe no, I'm I'm gonna go this. I'm obsessed with Marvel. I uh, I I missed seeing it this weekend uh, because I was in Ohio, so uh, doing my first live concert, which was really uh, a beautiful, wonderful experience. But I'm glad you I brought am, that up because I, I wanted to ask you about that. I've I watched some videos online. What? Where, yeah. Where does that voice come from? Where? What is going on with all this talent that is not? on the IMDb page that we can't just read about this, this stunning, stunning. Uh, it's, it, it is, uh, it's something, it is something else. Um, yeah, I gotta get, I gotta get it some, something up on IMDb. I should probably get the music videos up on IMDb cause that you can do that like completely spaced on that. So I should at least, at least try. Um, yeah, it has been a very, interesting year and a half yeah um oh you pivoted uh, you pivoted for everybody for everybody um i always feel like i need to say that because it's like it is for everyone it was people lost loved ones you know like very you know i didn't lose anyone thank god Mm, with you on that one but um my um my uh i had a girlfriend we uh, were together for eight years and we broke up during the oh. pandemic right in the middle right in the right in the fucking <sighs> center of it and um then you know uh then i got covid mm, and no, then no. i was like sick and then i was alone and it was just me and my pug and my piano which you can see mm-hmm. behind me um and um it was just kind of like you know, it was a hard, uh, it was a hard period of like being lonely and being by yourself and being afraid of this illness and all this other stuff. And when I kind of started to recover, I started, um, doing live streams on TikTok 
where I would just take song requests and do an evening of, you know, like, cause I used to play at piano bars in the day, back in the day. And um, I was like the pianist for the fire friars club in Beverly Hills. And I played as the opening act for dream girls, the drag queen show on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, like a million (laughs) different weird little, you know, gigs I would do that were music, you know, kind of based gigs, but I never pursued it any more than that, you know? Mm. And then suddenly it's like, well, you have all this time. Um, so I started going into the studio and recording songs and doing, um, songs that like meant something to me and you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, that's uh, amazing. Short, the, the, the album, um, came out in august it's called the moving company it's out on spotify and everywhere and then i started getting booked to do uh colleges and universities and jazz clubs and all sorts of stuff so uh my next one is going to be at the cutting room in new york city i'm doing a show with casey abrams wow uh, from american idol we're doing a a show together Mm -hmm. december 17th so I'll be out there uh, doing a doing a, a night of music. I know? love it. But you are a no man, you're a Renaissance man, I believe. You're a 2021 Renaissance man doing it all. Well, I try. I sure do try. <laughs> well, know? we'll make sure we link all of your projects. Uh, of course, I want to mention uh, the nighttime show, your podcast. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, and I'm and I'm getting to work with uh, with Hot Pie on a new show uh, called Working, where I interview uh, people that run companies and talk to them about their lives and their job and how it affects their wow. life. And it's really cool. We we uh, we just started recording interviews for that, so that's been oh, that's really, incredible. Really well, I look forward to seeing that. And uh, when you're in the building well, next time, let's grab some crackers and a coffee together. Please, please. You're so awesome. Thank you so much thank for letting you. me come and do this. And you have such a great voice too. So, it's, oh, thanks so hopefully much. I'll get to meet you in person. I'm going to hopefully be out in Austin really soon. Yeah. And now that we're double vaxxed, we can have a hug. I really missed hugs. If you don't mind, I'm going to come in for the real thing on that one. Absolutely. Oh, you're, Absolutely. you're a doll. You thank you so much for coming on today. Stephen Kramer Glickman. Love you. You too. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much. Oh, well, aren't I lucky? That was really nice. That was a really lovely chat with Stephen Kramer Glickman. And um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go back and watch that Nickelodeon show. That's not my uh, my style. But Storks, yeah, Storks, I'm going I'm going in on some Storks this weekend. Um, and now, just to end the show, a uh, cute little um, chat we were having before we actually logged on and started recording the podcast today. And it went somewhere I did not anticipate. So, um, yeah, we'll just... You'll just have to listen. I don't even want to cut this out. Um, I might just have him, uh, Colton edit this in, but I have a funny story for you about Andy Dick. Uh, he's not, okay. he doesn't seem to be a dick. He seems to be kind of a, a, a nice enough dude, but it, he had been on my show. I'd interviewed him and he had a live show that night, which incorporates like music and comedy and performance. I don't even really know how to explain, but it's like if Andy Dick did a stage show, I mean, just use your imagination. So, um, he had said, come back, you know, come up to the dressing room and see me. And uh, before I go on, I was like, all right, I'm not fucking you, dude. Plus, I can't figure out if you're gay or straight. I don't or any. I don't know what, you, what, what you're into. But uh, I went up there to see him before the show. Some friends wanted to go to the show, so I, I popped up there. 
And while I was in the studio, I had to do the most random thing. I didn't have to, but he asked me to, and I thought it'd be make a great story, and it did. But he was wearing some outfit for the performance uh, that he was about to start, but he needed to tape his dick under himself. <laughs> I wish you could see Stephen's face, listeners only. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel it. I, I taped, feel it. I taped Andy Dick's wang up his bum hole. Not in oh, the you, hole. You did that for him? Yeah, it wasn't in the it wasn't in the bum hole. It was just in the bum. It was like back there and I just mm-hmm. whacked some tape on there. And then he went on to do the show for, for what I know, for what I know, the 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 dick tape did stay in place. So I should probably put that on my resume. It, you know. I think so. I, I mean, might be able yeah. to do something with it. Could get you a, a job uh, different, you know, some sort of. I don't know what different kind of job industries. it'll get you, but it's a. It, you can get you yeah. fluffing, something. fluffing, yeah. possibly fluffing. Yeah, that does count. I think as fluffing, <laughs> and that is a good, honest, paying job. It's a job, yeah. not for me. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.